Dabit Ochoa was halfway through fifth grade, which was just right for a ten-year-old, when he decided it was time to stop living in his mother's dream world. It's not that she cocooned him. He had friends to talk to in person and on the nets. He got along well with all his teachers. He rarely made errors on examinations. He was well-informed about events in the wider world. But now that the third and final Formic War was over, and the world was getting back to something like normal, Dabit realized that all his mother's lies were going to be put to the test, and he didn't want his life to come crashing down along with her delusions. The problem was that with the end of the war, the families of the international fleet were being reunited. Many of those who had served in the IF were coming back down to Earth or Luna, where their spouses and children awaited them. Many others were staying with the fleet, and their families were being ferried up into space to join them in space stations, warships, cargo ships, asteroid stations, and the moons of various far-flung planets. Somewhere among those soldiers and officers was Dabit Ochoa's father, presumably a man of Indian ancestry, though mother had never been quite clear on why Dabit had an Indian first name. Dabit had not dared to ask whether his father would return to Earth or bring them up into space. Why did he hesitate? He finally admitted to himself that he was like an American child who was almost completely certain about Santa Claus, but dared not ask for fear the answer would lead to the end of the annual largesse of Christmas. Is my father, the brave officer of the fleet, a myth my mother made up to console me for being fatherless? Or was he invented to impress the neighbors, so they wouldn't think of mother as a common tramp who fell for some idiotic lies and got pregnant? Dabit suspected it was the latter, because she had never regaled him with stories of his father until she was insinuating herself into their Hispanic neighborhood in Elkhart, Indiana. Dabit first learned about his father from remarks like, He's with the fleet, of course. The way she said it, everyone knew she meant the international fleet, spaceships, not wet-bottom ocean ships. Her, of course, meant that they could not possibly imagine she would have had a child with someone who was not a valued participant in the war to save the human race. Best of all, no one could question the absence of a father who might be deep in the reaches of the Kuiper Belt, years of travel away from Earth. But a year ago, someone's pointed remark about the war being over triggered a revelation that took Dabit, and no one else, by surprise. Yes, the war is over, said Mother, but the fleet has its own laws, and no court on earth, not even the courts of the hegemony, has any jurisdiction over him. Why would the courts be involved? Dabit was glad that a nosy neighbor woman asked the question so he didn't have to trigger a spate of crying by asking her himself. Because if an officer of the fleet has a spouse up there, then that's the only marriage that I.F. Law will recognize. Gasps, moans of how unfair it was. And you are not that spouse? Nuestra Señora Tanatros, Maria Rafaela, you poor thing. And your baby, legally fatherless. Better that your man had died in the war and left you a widow than this scandalous treatment. At this point, Mother burst into tears. I was so young, and he was so glorious, an officer already. He gave his word. 
But now he denies that he would have carnal knowledge of a fifteen-year-old, because that's how old I was, how old I had to be, when dear little Dabit formed within my body. My family disowned me, so the whole fortune of the Ochoas of Barrio Campina in Ciudad Bolivar is beyond my reach forever. 